Welcome to Lorica, the podcast of Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. St. Patrick's is a parish in the Antiochian Orthodox Christian Archdiocese of North America, serving the Western Rite. Father Patrick is also the administrator of the Orthodox West. We all know how common it is in our day to elevate feelings over truth. We have really become a hedonistic, emotionally driven society, often who cares very little for truth. I heard yesterday uh, someone said, a professor at a college said 10 years ago, when they asked their students if they believed in absolute truth, they said the majority of them said, yes, we believe that truth is absolute. And yet today, when they ask their students, and this is even among their Christian students, the vast majority of them say that they do not believe in absolute truth. This hedonism is no different really than the first sin of our father Adam who grasped for the fruit. Why? Because it looked good and satisfying. And through his lust, it overshadowed his good sense, his rational sense, that to eat this and break the commandment of God, to break the fast, would actually cut him off from God who is his very source of life. When we think about what truth is, it's important that we emphasize the truth is not just a set of propositions. It's not an equation. It's not a philosophical theory. And it's not even that which will just make us feel good in the moment. The truth is a person. The truth is, very specifically, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, undivided, three distinct persons. The truth is not a what, the truth is a who. To know the truth is to know God. Not just about God. Oh, there are those who can articulate the triune dogmas and yet still not know God. Knowing God involves the whole person, including our emotional aspect. This knowledge of God is personal. And to have this knowledge of God is to have eternal life, according to our Savior. The demons have a certain knowledge of God, but the knowledge we are speaking of is obviously of a very different quality. A life-giving knowledge can only be obtained by and through worship, sacrifice, and love. To begin in our knowledge of God, a life-saving knowledge, we must learn how to fall on our face, overwhelmed by all that is unholy in us. We must learn to lament and detest anything that cuts us off from God. As we do this, a desire, an eros, is engendered within us. Maybe it just begins as a small ember, but it can grow into a flame if we fan it, as we continue to cry out to God for His mercy. We cry out to Him in faith because we know deep down that our Heavenly Father is a good Father. He will not, in fact, He cannot ignore our plea. He must respond favorably. And we know this, and so we cry out all the more because we know that He will hear us. 
that activity deep within the human soul. This is the divine spark in you that God planted in your person when He created you. It is that divine spark seeking its own. It is the activity of your mysterious godlike will wanting to live, to live to the fullest. This is love. And this love elicits a response from God. God who is love Himself. Deep calls to deep. And He cannot refuse it. The Father comes running out to us just like the father of the prodigal son. The sad thing is, so often we do not cry out. So often we just sit in our filth and feel sorry for ourselves and blame everybody else around us because we do not believe, because we do not love God. Truly, there is only one real confession and there is only one real remedy There is only one thing wrong with us. There is one reason we are unhappy, one reason we fight, one reason we are not at peace, one reason why we are confused and discontent, one reason why we lack wisdom and do not understand what life is all about. There is one reason and one reason only, and that is because we do not love God. We do not trust Him. We do not accuse ourselves Rather, we judge others. We do not offer ourselves to Him. To love Him according to right belief is not enough. To love Him by doing right is not enough. To love Him with deep feeling is not enough. All three of these things are necessary, like a three-legged stool. We must have right belief. We must live holy lives and we must be sincere of heart. It's quite possible, as we all can attest, to go in and out of love with God. We can, according to the Scriptures, lose our first love, and it happens all too easily. Our love can grow cold. Without diligence, without attention on our part, atrophy is the rule, decomposition, To be lazy is to die. We cannot be lazy in our love for God or we will coast right into the darkness. We might ask ourselves, and I'm sure we all do, I know as a pastor, this is a question that comes to my mind very often, where do we find the motivation to love God? Where is our holy fear? Why are we filled with such presumption? Well, we should not be searching for some external motivation. This will never work. There is, in the mystery of your will, there, in the mystery of your godlike will, there lies your decision to live, your decision to love God, your decision to believe in Him, your decision to obey Him. Any other motivation will wax and wane. You will be tossed about. And we ask, when the Lord comes, will he find any faithful in the earth? The Holy Spirit has been given to us in order 
that we might have a knowledge of God. He has been given to us to shed abroad in our hearts the love of God. He has been given to Christify us, to make us sons. He has been given that He might cry out within us, Abba, Father. And yet, we can grieve the Spirit. And when we do, He in some way pulls back. And we must then woo Him back through humility and through cries for mercy. But we can be assured that if we ask for the Spirit, our Father will not give us a scorpion. He is delighted to pour again the Spirit out into our lives. He wants nothing more than to pour the Spirit of love into our hearts. But in order to receive the Spirit, we must make our hearts a vessel capable of receiving this divine gift. God will not do that for us. The way we prepare our hearts for divinity is through contrite humility and obedience. We are to look to ourselves and not judge another. We are to see ourselves as the worst sinner and in need of God's mercy. Simultaneously, we are to hate the world and everything in life that has created a wedge between us and our beloved. This is the appropriate use, by the way, of anger and hate. We are to use anger and hate against our enemies, against anything that would keep us from God. We all know there are times when we are hot and there are times when we are cold. Our love for God ebbs and flows. Our love for the world ebbs and flows. This is our instability. It is the source of our anxiety, of our inner chaos. The devil, if he cannot get us to outright curse God, which he's not very successful at doing, at least among this most holy convocation, I would think, if he cannot get you to outright curse God, he's more than happy to keep you from consistency and stability. Oh, that we would be found faithful, and yet we all struggle with being double-minded, being unstable in our love and obedience to God. This, of course, does not just injure ourselves. It hurts our whole community, the very body of Christ. Our failure to love actually makes us, in part, responsible for the sins of others. How do we get back? How do we fan that flame when it has grown dull? Well, we must pray. We must cry out to God for mercy. We must go to confession, set things in order, learn to hate those things that have come between us. We need to simplify our life, prune, clean, get rid of some things. If you don't know how to get rid of some things, speak to Priyatessa. She loves throwing things away. But above all, we must pray. We cannot love God without entering into the struggle, the work of prayer. And lastly, we must avail ourselves of the sacraments with attentiveness of heart as often as possible. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Amen. You have been listening to Father Patrick Cardine, pastor of St. Patrick's Orthodox Church in Bealton, Virginia. This has been a production of the Orthodox West.